0: Befriend Your Body Podcast, Love and Anxiety, The Seesaw We Ride. Hi, Gio. Hi, Wanda. Happy, what day is it? When? Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> yes. So, today's uh, podcast is a kind of an odd title, but I like the visual of the seesaw. Hopefully, all of the listeners remember. If Maybe not. Maybe the 20-somethings didn't have them, but... Uh, when we were kids, way, when I was a child, way back a long time ago, our playgrounds didn't have a lot of uh, equipment, but one of them was a seesaw. And one child. was my favorite. Uh, was it? Yeah. One child gets it. on one side, and, and then it's a plank that goes mm-hmm. angles up and down, and, and the other child gets on the other side, and then they push back and forth. So the reason I like that visual is because today we're going to talk a little bit about how love and anxiety. Uh, work with each other, for each other, or against each other, and 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 is are they all accurate, or is it just one or two of those? So I like the visual because, generally speaking, people have, a, usually are either in the state of anxiety, high anxiety. And so their sensations and connections with what they love or desire are much lessened because, as we've talked about, the brain and the body get fixated and getting out of danger. Or people can be in a state of love or desire for something. They're feeling the goodness of it. Therefore, they're less likely to be experiencing any of the fear or the the fixity. So I like the visual of one's up and one's down, and then there's a transition, Mm -hmm. and then one's up or one's down. So the body state of being deeply loved or deeply loving someone, something, uh, a goal that you have, something that you want to move towards, is the polar opposite of our body state of fear or anxiety. When we are afraid, our amygdala is signaling danger and our body is shot full of cortisol and adrenaline, which leads to the sense of state of fixity we talked about last time. But it also keeps us from feeling the goodness of love and desire. So one of the ways I have experienced personally and as a therapist uh, that I see this working is that when we are full of love or desire for something or someone, say we have a goal, we want to uh, get a new job or we want to put out a new book or a new relationship or even an old relationship, but some something or someone we have a strong desire for, we tend to move towards that person or towards that goal. We engage with it. Our energy moves us towards to be with, it's a, again, it's a state of more like flow, more openness, more willingness to engage. But if we are afraid of someone or you know, the relationship with someone, or if we're afraid of, of something, we wanna do something, but our, our, all of our thoughts and fears are connected to, it won't work or I'll fail, and we get caught in kind of the fear of it, we will tend to move away or close off to that person or goal. I often share this simple formula with clients. It's again, a generalization, but I have found it as a human to mostly be true. When my love or desire for something is greater than my fear, I will pursue and risk. Again, it's a generalization, but it's what I have seen and experienced. But if my fear is greater than my love or desire for something or someone, then I will probably retreat and not risk. So very simple formula, but I think it's very helpful. And maybe take a moment to think about in your own lives: is there something that you really mm-hmm. wanted that maybe you, you haven't, you know, gone after? And maybe this is the reason because your fear of what might happen is greater than what you desire, or it's, you know, you're more connected with the fear than you are with your desire or your good feelings of what m- might occur if you do go after this goal, person, uh, etc. So as we've talked so much about in these podcasts, when we get caught in fear or fixity or our our nervous system gets stuck in high activation, it's really, really hard to feel anything but our fears. So fear is a very powerful force. It's an important force. If we're actually in danger, we need fear to give us the cortisol and adrenaline to get out of the danger. But generally, as I've said before, we're not usually in a lot of danger. So one of the ways that I have personally found that helps to get out of the stuckness of the fear or the fixity of the fear is instead of trying to fight the fear so much, is I work on increasing my desire for that goal or that person. I spend more time engaging with thinking about what it might be like to risk. I spend more time feeling in my body what it might be like if I have or or get that thing or relationship or person i allow myself to really focus on believing that i could mm-hmm. get it so i'm actually working the other side of the seesaw i'm working on increasing the love the desire the hope of the, the sense of my own um, confidence in my ability to try the sense of my support and what that tends to do is that tends to as you increase your love and desire the fear naturally begins become smaller and part of that is because it's a principle we've talked about before what we focus on we potentiate Mm -hmm. so i can't focus on both of them at the same time very well so the best way to decrease your fear is to begin to really work on increasing your love and desires as you as your love desire grows your fear begins to give way the love and by the way love and desire is a strong and powerful motivator the the and and more probably more powerful than fear i think love is a greater force than fear however Fear tends to scream louder, mm-hmm. right? When we're afraid, it's a scream, whereas, you know, love and those other messages that are positive tend to be a quiet, calm, grounded voice. Um, but fear screams at us, and so it grabs our attention, and then we're much more likely to focus on that. And do you think people, um, there are some people that tend to be afraid of everything or most things, and one thing leads to. The other and the other and uh, and maybe they're not actually afraid of, but they just don't try. They don't know. But is that is that a something that makes sense or not? Because I know people that try everything and are happy trying everything and probably focus on the achievements and the good thing. And some people that don't try anything and and are afraid of everything. So so, I think that's a really good. Example of our last podcast where we talked about fixity Mm -hmm. versus flow. Um, I think, and you're making a really great point in that fear tends to take over your life if you let it. So, for instance, most people, again, I generalize a lot, but uh, generalizations are usually pretty true. Uh, Most people who have agoraphobia, Mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, that's people who are so afraid of open spaces or that they don't leave their house. Uh, they generally don't start with that. They start with being afraid of something, and mm-hmm. then, then they're afraid of something else. So fear tends to narrow your life. Remember that sense of mm-hmm. fixity, right? We talked about last podcast. I start being afraid of something, and then I am really focus a lot on that fear. I give it a lot of energy, and then I my nervous system gets more dysregulated. When my nervous system is more dysregulated, I feel less likely to try or move towards things and so then my sense of not feeling good or lack of safety grows and then it's more likely that something else will be scary to me so absolutely Mm -hmm. that's a really great um uh what's the right word that's a great um concept that you're you're noticing that people who tend to try and risk tend to keep trying and risking because they experience either positive Mm -hmm. results or that trying and failing i'll put quotes around that because i don't really think of things as failures i think of things okay that didn't mm-hmm. work let's try something else but people who risk and try a lot tend to be much more open and willing to engage with the world so mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a really good observation and it's a good motivator to push against your fears because sometimes the only way to make a fear go away is to push against mm-hmm. it so uh, that's a good segue i'm going to use a a personal story um hopefully it'll be engaging but of uh, uh, several years ago now three or four i think when i um was trying to decide whether i wanted to learn to surf Mm -hmm. so my friends had been repeatedly asking me to join their early morning surf party Uh, my first experience years ago um, of surfing was negative Uh, No one taught me anything. The waves were um, eight or ten feet high, and I shouldn't have been in the water, but I was 20, what did I know? Uh, So I got hurt, I was cold, and I just never tried again. So my first experience Mm -hmm. with surfing had been very negative, so I had kind of a fear of surfing. And back then, I really didn't enjoy cold water or being cold. Uh, You could almost say I was kind of scared of it. It was more just I didn't like being uncomfortable. So between those two thoughts, the cold water and that I might get hurt again, my fear of going again was much stronger than my desire. So I didn't, I didn't engage, I, they kept asking me and I kept saying no because my fear was bigger. Then I attended a conference up in, um, up in LA somewhere, Rob Bell was doing a two day, and by chance, he's a huge surfer, um, surf lessons were included. And it was a warm day, and it was, you know, they, they added a wetsuit, and so I thought, well, shoot, maybe I should try this, remembering Char and Sherry's encouragement. So I risked. I, my, my desire grew, and my fear got a little smaller, and I was watching everyone else having a great time, and the waves were really little and tiny, and so I tried. And it was wonderful. I had such a great time, so I was like, oh, So then my fear got smaller and my desire got bigger. So I thought, okay, now I really want to pursue this. So I got home from the conference, and that next day, I I had already had a wetsuit for boogie boarding. So I wiggled into my sausage skin, my name for a wetsuit, because it's so dang tight, and I headed for the water. My desire was strong, but I still had some fear. Uh, It was a colder day, and the waves were a little bigger. But my friends were, mo- were, were with me, and so I had a sense of safety with the, with the other people around. But the first 20, 30 minutes, I mostly was just aware of how cold I was. You can't die from 30 minutes of cold water, can you? <laughs> was one of my thoughts, and how big the waves seemed. But then I took a short break to warm up, and then the second time I came in, my dear friend Char came along and stood beside me remember our talks about other people and support Mm -hmm. so um, remember we need the other for safety and with her standing beside me and with her encouragement and her lessons that day i caught a few small waves and i actually stood up and rode them can you imagine walking on water how cool is that so I probably resembled a drunk staggering out of a saloon because I didn't, wasn't very good at it, but I did it. It was awesome. And by that time, my fear was almost gone, and my desire to learn this new sport was really high. So that's just an example from my own life of how mm-hmm. the teeter-totter or the seesaw of fear and love or desire shifted with different experience, mm-hmm. openness and willingness, and support from my friend. So if you're trying to move towards something in your life or you find that you're really afraid of a lot of things or certain things, remind yourself that they both can't be high, right? You can't both be up on the seesaw. One goes up and one goes down. So go for it. Try that new thing, that new idea, that new business, that new relationship. Give it a try. Um, Work a little bit internally on increasing your desire. Talk to friends about it and get, get some emotional support. Um, but allow yourself to experience the power of love and desire as a motivational source. It's really strong. It's really powerful. Uh, there's even a verse in the Old Hebrew Scriptures, uh, actually no, the New Testament, that says, perfect love casts out fear. So engage more in love, and then you will spend less time in the fear. So any any questions or anything no, but I didn't cover? I loved the story, you? and it made me think of the things that I'm not doing because I'm probably afraid of. And I'm going to put a list of things that I should kick off and start doing right well awesome and that's probably easy to say sitting in a warm room with a cat purring in your lap yeah this (laughs) is amazing we have Mia as a guest today but she doesn't want to talk (laughs) so as we close uh, I'll just add the couple going deeper questions if you'd like them so uh, maybe to start what's What's one situation or relationship or goal in your life that you used to be afraid of and then you moved towards and accomplished? Remember what you did, how that felt. Remember what were some of the things that helped you get out of the fear and into risking. And then what maybe are a, a thing or a few things that you have been stuck in fear or fixity and that you haven't moved towards? What... Might you be able to do just one small thing that you could do on an everyday basis that could help you get off of the seesaw of the fear and the fixity and over into the other side, which is the desire or the love or the motivation. So give uh, those questions a think if you'd like. And as always, thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And uh, go for it. Risk, try. Life's too short to be afraid. Thank you, Gio. Thank you, Wanda.